Welcome to Coffee and Tea with Dustin. Today I am with Lori Hellman, uh, author of the new book, Welcome to My Life, a personal parenting journey through autism. Uh, She also has a podcast called Living the Sky Life, and she is signing her book on July 24th at The Root in New Albany, Indiana, and they're going to have wine and catering, and it sounds like a really cool event. And I'm Dustin Detzer. I'm a certified personal trainer, kettlebell specialist, and an animal flow instructor. I have a group fitness class at Four Barrel Fitness three days a week, so go to 4bfit.com if you're interested in that. I have a group fitness class that's live-streamed on Zoom through Innerspring Yoga called Innerspring Yoga PE. It's all levels, no equipment needed. Go to isyoga.me and click on the shop tab and you can find that there. I also personal train, so text me at 812-461-7273 if you want to talk about training. So uh, we just did a training session in the garage, huh, Lori? Yes. It was great. <laughs> did you enjoy it? Sweaty. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. All right. I'm glad you liked it. Uh, we did a little kettlebell skill stuff. Um, so, man, tell me about this book and just the whole the whole thing, like, yeah, I just, um, I, you know, I started the podcast actually, I'll, I'll go back to that, um, in 2019 and the main purpose is really my son Skylar is 17. He just turned 17 in April and, um, is severe, um, on the autism spectrum. So most of the things that you see, uh, out and about are, um, more of the Asperger's end, more higher functioning autistics. And there's just not much spoken about with someone as severe as my son. So I just, if nothing else, I wanted to connect through the podcast with other parents who have teenagers and soon to be adults on the spectrum that are in the kind of the same position that my family is, because there's a lot of things we have to do yet um, to come like social security and filing for, you know, adult benefits, finding a new doctor because he can't go to a pediatrician much longer. Just all the things that I think people forget about when they think autism, they think four and five and six-year-olds and that maybe they'll grow out of it and they don't grow out of it. So I just wanted to bring some awareness and also connect myself to some other families. Um, And I guess through that, I just, so many people said that they were shocked by the stories, the experiences that we've had and People have joked with me over the time, you know, just, you should write a book. You should put all that down. So I did. <laughs> so, yeah, it just came out uh, a few weeks ago. That's great. It's got to feel good to connect with other people that are sharing a similar experience because, man, that's got to be an incredible hardship. I, I follow you on Instagram. And by the way, what are, what's your Instagram page? Um, I have a Living the Sky Life um, Instagram page and a personal page, too. But, yeah. And, you know, and and me as a person doesn't have children. And, uh, you know, I I remember seeing a post of yours where you were talking about changing the sheets all the time. Mm -hmm. And I remember reading that and thinking about like, oh, my God, you know, like, I mean, I'm a guy that can barely get my laundry done once a week. (laughs) It's just me, you know, to think about like just the little things like that. And there must be a laundry list of of stuff like that. So that's, man, that's got to feel good to connect with other people and be able to kind of share. And you guys share resources and stuff like that? Yeah, as much as we can. Every state's different. So, you know, when it comes to um, like the state Medicaid programs and things and therapies and, and what's paid for, that differs where you live. I started a Facebook group 
um, also in 2019 um, called Sky's the Limit Southern Indiana Resources or Autism Resources for families because I was I was the person I feel like that everyone went to because I have an older child that if um, a friend of a friend had a child that was newly diagnosed they're like can they can I give them your number can they call you about what they're supposed to do so um, I just put a page together so that all the parents could you know communicate about the waiver and about different things that you know people need because there just really isn't any support groups around here that I have found that are you know for parents or I mean, just a regular thing. Yeah. Um, so it's it's hard because you kind of feel like you're alone. But I know we're not. There's a lot of people with yeah. children on the spectrum that live in town. So yeah, and I, I feel like I hear about it more now. I don't know if it's if there's more uh, kids being born on the spectrum or if it's just, just I'm more aware of it. Do you know anything about trends? In I mean, the prevalence is much much higher. It is. I don't know if it's because. Um, the diagnosis is clearer. I think um, pediatricians and neurologists and whoever makes the diagnosis, they're more willing to actually place the label of autism on someone when they're two or three years old now. But um, I do think that the, um, I mean, the rates are for sure going up. They're legitimate autism cases. It's not, I think the stat, the most recent statistic I saw was like one in 51 kids are diagnosed with autism and the spectrum is so large like i said i mean there's skylar who's nonverbal, not potty trained 17 years old and then you have other children who are you know maybe top of their class in in mainstream school um, and they might just have um some other quirks about them Mm -hmm. but um it's a gamut of i mean they everyone within the autism community and outside of it says if you've met someone with autism you've met some someone with autism they're not the same. There's right. nothing about them that's identical. So right, and like, how would you describe uh, the condition? I mean, I understand it to be, and I may be completely wrong, but a like a communicative uh, issue, like with communication and like sensory input. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple different aspects of it. From what I even understand, it's largely a neurological disorder. Okay. Um. So with and we're still trying to figure all of this out, but like with Skylar, my son, who's never spoken ever, um, we don't know if it's a inability to speak um, or uh, a lack of desire to speak, or the, I, we don't really know what the connection is that's missing, um, mm-hmm. but he uses, we've tried different communication devices and um, iPads and picture exchanges and, pointing, sign language, anything to try to get to understand what it is that he needs. Um, so I think for him, it's largely neurological. There are, there's a lot of kids on the spectrum who it's more sensory. So they um, have an aversion to noise or texture. They don't like to wear clothes and things like that. That's never really been our situation. Skylar uh, is one of the loudest kids I know. Yeah. <laughs> so he's the one making the noise that the kids are running from. Um, he's never really had an aversion to wearing clothes whether they have tags or they don't have tags um none of that stuff has bothered him he's really been a pretty good eater a lot of kids on the spectrum may have um, food issues they have like three foods they'll eat and that's it you know it's usually french fries or something like not (laughs) the best um so yeah it's just it's crazy i don't think anyone really understands how they get it how to fix it or you know make my make life a little bit easier for everybody that was my next question are there any kind of rule of thumb practices or things that parents or caretakers can do to kind of ease their suffering? 
or is it highly individual? I think it's probably highly individual, but um, I, I did actually on my podcast, I had um, a couple of yoga instructors over in Louisville that do a special needs yoga class. Okay. And, you know, parents have said that if their kids are able and um, to do that, they have found great benefit from that. It's helping their kids sleep because a lot of the kids on the spectrum have sleep issues too. Um, and then another one that I had on the podcast too does some boot camp classes over in Louisville. Okay. And her, the families were saying, "Oh my gosh, thank you because our kids are exhausted <laughs> and <laughs> like they're that? sleeping and yeah. um, they're enjoying the movement and being around peers and they're learning. I mean, all different skill levels. So I know there's chiropractors that have that have helped. The adjustments help the kids. It's it's so individualized. Um, you know, for us, Skyler can't sit still, so. I have tons of friends who are chiropractors, and they, they've offered, and I'm like, I, I mean, you're not going to be able to grab a hold of him for two seconds to adjust him. Um, you know, yoga wouldn't be for him. Boot camps, none of the um, physical fitness stuff would be for him. He just isn't focused enough. He doesn't understand what you're asking of him right. to do. Um, you know, and the parents don't get much of a break a lot. Of time. I mean, the only yeah. thing we can get is uh, what's called respite, and it's basically just having a a qualified caregiver come in and give you give the parents an hour to leave go to dinner go to the grocery store anything you need to do without your child kind of present Does for the that. insurance cover that mm, it's it's hit or miss the insurance usually doesn't um the waiver does but even that you only get a very limited amount of hours per month okay but it's finding a respite care provider is the hardest part can you spell that r-e-s-p-i-t-e okay and um it doesn't have to be a nurse. It's um, someone who's gone through the courses to be able to, you know, handle any situation that would happen with your child or changing pull-ups in our case or feeding them if they need it. Um, but the problem is, is you find someone and then they, you know, usually are younger, maybe college age, and then they move on with their life, which they're entitled yeah. to do. And so you kind of bond with people and then you lose them. Right. So it's a challenge to find help long-term. Yeah, that's a, that's a bummer. Um, can anybody given, can they get certified to do that? Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, there are a lot of centers um, that are welcoming to, to anyone that has the desire and the skill level to to help these families out and, and be caregivers. That's our biggest struggle, I think, is finding a babysitter, which I hate calling it that, yeah. um, but to, to watch him just so we can get a break. Right. We just don't get any time away. And have you thought about, I know I was in law school with a guy who had a uh, son who had Down syndrome mm -hmm. and that was the whole reason he was going to law school mm -hmm. was to like learn about these type of situations which the law really doesn't, our society really doesn't address very well in my opinion. Mm -hmm. But like have you thought about like what's going to happen after you guys die? Like is, is there non-profit homes or anything that's specialized in this? That's That would be a... I'm not trying to give you anxiety. No, no, I, no, we have to think about, about all those things. Yep, and that's a huge topic that I'm still researching and talking to other parents through the podcast. But, um, you know, as soon as he turns 18, and even now we're kind of starting the process, next year we have to talk about guardianships. So we'll have to go to court and, you know, go through that yeah. whole process to be his voice for the rest of his life because he can't speak for right. himself. Um and then um, we have a special needs trust in place for him that I got years and years ago that we fund. Um, it, but that's a discussion that we have to have of whether my daughter, who's only two years younger than Skylar, she would be the trustee when we pass, which makes me nervous because I don't 
feel that that burden should be placed on her to be responsible for her brother um, when we're not here. Um, and I've looked into just for future research for homes for him around here. I mean, things could change in the next 20 or 30 years right. um, when we're at the place where we might not be able to physically care for him anymore. But there's such a limited amount of resources. Most places that I found are marketed as and, and predominantly serving the retirement population. They're you know elderly homes and they do assisted living, but they don't advertise that. And that makes me nervous because it's like, you know, if you're so not advertising that, you don't really want them there. Right. Um, and if, I mean, who knows? I, I pray that he can be potty trained, but um, if he's a 50 year old man and he's still in Depends or whatever, are they going to want someone like that? Are they going to take him? Are they going to care for him and love him and not leave him in, you know, messy pull ups all day? And right. <laughs> that's right. the stuff that keeps me up at night. Yeah. I yeah, can't, totally. I can't die. Yeah, that's just it. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't. I need to live forever. <laughs> I know so. that, that stuff is so, uh, that kind of stuff is so hairy. I know, um, my mom and my aunts are kind of looking at homes for, uh, my grandfather right now. And he, re- he'd recently been hospitalized and they gave him a medication that there was a 30%, so 30% of the people that take the medication have a side effect of getting angry and violent. He's never, he's always been a super peaceful guy. They gave him this medication and he like kicked a nurse. Oh, no. And then they're like, well, that, that happens sometimes. So they took him off of it. Well, now they come to find out when they're trying to find a good place for him, uh, you know, a nursing home, that now they're holding that against him. Well, they're saying, oh, he's, he's violent, you <laughs> yeah. know, like we can't. And it's like, what are you talking about? This guy has not, you know, even probably swatted a fly in 84 or 85 years and the hospital gave him some nasty drug mm-hmm. he had a reaction to it so like gosh man i can't imagine like uh with a severely disabled individual you know that you know imagine they have episodes and stuff like mm-hmm. that where they're not real happy you know and then just might hold that against you it's like that's the whole point you know he needs somebody to, to mm-hmm. help him out that's a man that's such a mess that's why we are trying every single day to maximize his skill level and independence that's what he's doing all day at his therapy center is you know our goals have shifted from being able to identify items at the grocery store and things like that that were great when he was younger and now we're like okay that's all well and good if he could learn that but right now i need him to be able to pull up, put on his own shirt and brush his own teeth and he's gonna have to learn to slip on some shoes and yeah. we've got to get some independence out of him because we yeah. aren't going to be here forever and the more he can do the more likely he'll be able to be placed in a in a place that is caring and loving and will know take care of him but but yeah I mean it's it's tough (laughs) well I mean what practices do you use to to manage that I mean that's I mean I know you have a full-time job and you work out a lot and then you're also managing the care of your son like you must have some personal go-to practices that keeps you on track and feeling good and like able to to bear the cross yeah yeah I mean working out for sure is a huge thing and my husband and I both you know, look, it's, it's very uh, strategic the way we do everything, but that's how we have to do it. We get our calendars out on Sunday and we say, okay, I have to leave for work at this time. So I'm going to you know ride the Peloton at 5am and then you do it in the evening yeah. or whatever, just so we both get it. Cause I, I, I notice a huge change in my mood if in my temperament, if I haven't gotten a workout in throughout yeah. the day, it gets to be seven or eight at night and I haven't done anything yet. And I'm just not, I'm just grouchy. I'm just not happy. Right. Cause then I'm, I don't know. I don't know what it does to my psyche, but 
Um, also therapy. I mean, there, I am a huge believer in therapy. Yeah, absolutely. I have, a, I have an incredible therapist and, um, she's, she's great. So, I mean, you, you have your ups and downs with this. You're angry, you're sad. Uh, I was just telling someone the other day, my daughter is, um, at the age of getting her driver's permit and it's, I'm fine for years and years. And then something like that comes up where he should already be driving. Skylar should already have a license and be in high school and all those things. And now that she's doing it and he's never done it, it hits me harder. Like, yeah, it sucks, it. you know, like he didn't get to drive and I'm doing everything with her. And I talk about that in the book too. Every, every rite of passage comes second. Like I should have already been through all these things with my first child, but I haven't done any of them. Yeah. So every new experience is a brand new experience with my daughter. So it just, yeah. it hits you sometimes. Oh, I bet. I bet. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's great. I love that you brought up that you see a therapist. I think it's stigmatized and it shouldn't be, you know, I've, I owe my life to therapists. I've, you know, I went through some pretty bad stuff and if it wasn't for them, I don't know if I'd be here, you know, and, and thank God for them. And I always recommend it to people. Uh, you know, I talk to a lot of people training them when I'm thinking, you know, you could probably see somebody and <laughs> yeah. there's, there's no shame in that. You know, you're, that's a guy that, you know, most of them are PhDs. They, they're, they're very compassionate people. Uh, you know, they, they're very intelligent. They, they've spent their lives studying how to help people out. And you can go to these people and they have, they'll give you an objective outside perspective mm -hmm. and some, some stuff you can do. And it can just be a tremendous benefit because as much as your family and friends and, and, and colleagues, you, you rely on for support and friendship and, and camaraderie that that's, they, they don't have the skill set or the ability to necessarily help you through stuff that you really need somebody for. Mm -hmm. And so I, I love that you brought that up because it's a, such a stigmatized thing and it really shouldn't be, you know? Yeah. And it's like you said, I have tons of great friends and they're all there for me, but they really can't relate. And I don't expect that they can. Right. Um, but rather than me be frustrated when they say, I totally understand. I would rather a stranger, so to speak, um, a therapist say, you know, while I don't understand, this is what I think would be helpful for you. Yeah. I don't know. It's just better for me to take advice from someone who's, you know, trained and just from a clinical perspective than a friend to tell me what to do because I'm like, eh, I yeah. think you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Think, absolutely. I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't ask a, a, a mechanic about a kettlebell snatch technique and you wouldn't ask <laughs> me about how to, like, uh, fix your transmission. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's just different specializations. Mm -hmm. Um, that's great. Um, so it, in the book, you, you just kind of talk about the whole process of like when you found out mm -hmm. uh, and just, uh, just raising, raising your son and, uh, and just all the struggles with it. And yeah, I mean, it starts out with a literal day in our life or weekend in our life. Saturdays and Sundays are very, very hard for us because we have to entertain him from the minute he wakes up until he goes to bed at night. And, um, you know, if it's a, a really hot day outside, you know, we may go to the pool, our two, we have a pool at home and we may go outside. He may be in there five minutes, but the process of putting sunscreen on him and putting his swimmy pull up thing on and then his, his swimming trunks and going out there, all this stuff and you're out in the pool for five minutes. Right. And then that takes five minutes of the day. And then you come inside and you're like, okay, I guess we can go for our sixth walk today or whatever. I mean, it's just, that is so wow. difficult, but people have said that have already read it, just like how exhausted they are from reading our daily, like what we go through. And like you said, he, you know, leaks quite a bit through his pull-ups and the triple layering that we do at night. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it's four in the morning and he's up cause he's wet, just like a baby would be. Right. So we've run up there and 
out of a you know sound sleep and we <laughs> change yeah. the sheets and strip the bed and put them back to bed and it's just chaos but yeah um and then I go through the pregnancy and the diagnosis and how that came to be and then um every therapy I've tried for 15 years with him and everything we've done um and then I have a ch- chapter that I talk about my daughter and just what I my conversations with her but also what I think it would be like to have a sibling that has special needs um just from a parent's perspective it's it's so hard when you have one neurotypical child and then a special needs child because yeah. you just want them both to be okay and you feel like you're constantly giving all the attention to the special needs child because they need you more right so um I talk about all that and yeah just our life that's why it's welcome to my life because yeah. I, I really am pretty much an open book yeah that's, so <laughs> that's great did did you find it cathartic to write the book or did and and also have you found any like positives from this whole experience or benefits in your life overall I mean that's obviously mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of hard hardship yeah you know and I think one of the chapters I'm most proud of um is is called I think it's chapter three it's called um my spiritual journey because I would imagine like most parents who have a disabled child or special needs child or anything that is shies away from the norm of what you plan for, um, I was very angry for a long time with God and I stopped going to church and I was just like, this is a punishment. I don't understand. I'm a good person. I don't know why you would give me an imperfect child like this. And I just didn't understand what the meaning was, like why I was being punished. Mm -hmm. Um, And it took a long time and honestly, meeting my husband, my current husband, um, he was divine intervention because he just really brought me back to my faith, but just believing in something bigger than myself and that Skylar really is a vessel. Like there is a purpose to all of it. He is a gift and there is something bigger than me that I might not even know in this lifetime that he has been brought here to show, to teach me, others. I'm not sure. Um, so, you know, a lot of parents with uh, special needs children will say, and I agree with them, this is not a blessing. Like, I would never say, you know, please bless me with this challenge, you know. Yeah. But I look at it now like it is a blessing because the little things that maybe I wasn't supposed to get from his diagnosis, I've picked up, like, my patience. It's not where it should be, but it's so much better than it was. I've yeah. had to learn to adjust and be patient and do things the way he needs them done instead of making him conform to the way we all do things. Right. And it makes you slow down. It makes you stop trying to be a perfectionist all the time because life just doesn't go that way. You right. just have to adjust. So he's he's taught me a lot already internally about just the way I process things and, you know, just living, living yeah. every single day like he does, that it's the best day of his life. Every single day is the best day. That's you know? fantastic. So that's really great. Yeah. Um, yeah. That that sounds like you had a big perspective shift. Um, I, I read a lot about Buddhism and kind of Eastern philosophies, and this kind of uh, reminds me of uh, like the concept of acceptance, and that was something I d- I deal with a lot too. Is you know I, I like to think of this phrase where you know you say have wholesome intentions but don't attach to the outcome. And the attaching to the outcome is the hardest part to, mm-hmm. to execute. And it sounds like that's what you've kind of learned, right? Mm-hmm. Like you have, you have, right? You talk about being a perfectionist and, you know, I'm going to do this and that and this is how what's going to happen. Well, when it doesn't, if you can just say, well, 
I had good intentions and that didn't happen and this is reality. I'm just going to accept this and, and be here in the moment and make the best of it. What a massive, what a massive skill and like mm-hmm. quality to obtain from that. I mean, that is such a difficult thing to train and to get your, you know, get your mind uh, to function in that fashion. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like you've kind of gained that from this experience. That's pretty awesome I think for sure I mean it's still a struggle there are definitely things that I think should happen and like you said it's not in the plan the plan is that's the one (laughs) thing I have to keep telling myself the plan is already written yeah by someone other than me it's not up to me it's not the time that I want things to happen that has been the biggest lesson and I again I still struggle sometimes when I don't get you know a promotion I want or something I'm not supposed to because I'm right. supposed to do something else and it's a better fit for me. And so I'm learning slowly to, um, you know, take things as not as if they're happening to me and oh, woe is me, that it's something better. A, de- a different door is opening, a better opportunity, a better fit, whatever it is. So Right. Absolutely. You're not, you're not in traffic. You are traffic. Right? <laughs> That's a good way to look <laughs> yeah, at it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just a, it's just a perspective mm-hmm. shift. It's so it can help so much and just uh, easy. It's such a weight off too to oh, to yeah. live that way, to try to live each day that way. And absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, let's see what else. Um, how's the, how's the podcast been going? You have quite a few episodes, right? Yeah, I, I, it's going great. I can't believe it's going to be a year now that I've been doing it. I just, I mean, I just can't say enough about the connections. I wish I had had that podcasts were a thing back when he was diagnosed in 2006. Yeah. I mean, there wasn't Google, there wasn't any way to really connect with anyone else. And there are a lot of autism podcasts now that are great. And I'm friends with all of the podcasters. We, we talk all the time and, you know, relate so well to each other. So it's, that's been hugely eye-opening. That's that great. There's so many people out there going and, through the same thing. Yeah, and yours is again. I'll just repeat it for people listening. It's called "Living the Sky Life," mm-hmm. and you can listen to that on Apple Podcasts. Yep, Spotify and Google Play. Awesome. Yep. And is there another favorite one that you like to listen to? Gosh, there's a lot of really good ones. Um, uh, a good friend who's become a good friend, um, Autism Masterminds. She's um, based in San Diego. Okay. And it's been cool talking to her. Her daughter's 18 um, and is minimally verbal. Um, but it's great to see from, I have a son, she has a daughter. So it's, the difference is from there. But also she's educated me on so many benefits that the state of California offers at that age and for adults. Um, like, I mean, it's so cool. They have uh, a system in place with, with their state that they pay the parents. So they pay my friend to, um, stay home with her daughter and to do therapies and stuff with her at home to keep them out of assisted living facilities or institutions that the state pays for. They pay them basically a part-time salary to be a mom. And I mean, what stay at home mom doesn't deserve a, a paycheck, let alone one who's having to you know, cater right. to every single need of an adult child. So absolutely. And, and I mean, that sounds a lot along the lines of universal basic in- income type stuff. And I think that will be massively beneficial for society and not just UBI, but like what you're talking about, that type of thing. Um, you know, and I, I can kind of see the uh, other side of the argument on that. Well, you know, I shouldn't be having to pay for that with my tax money, but mm-hmm. the reality is that makes it better for everyone. That's better for the kid. That's better for the, the mom, of course. And it's better for society at large. You don't want those systems of those homes and all that are inefficient. 
They cost a ton of money. You're not going to get the same quality care. And, you know, everybody's better off. Everybody mm-hmm. that is living in that community is better off. Um, it's the same with, like, uh, you know, paying property taxes for good education. You know, I don't have children. I'm never going to have them. But I'm happy to pay taxes so that we have educated people in our communities. That makes my life better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And I think that's along the same lines. Man, that'd be great. I mean, Indiana has... I think we generally have a budget surplus, and it'd be amazing to see some money go to that kind of thing rather mm-hmm. than some of the other stuff we spend money on. So maybe uh, start talking to your I know, like I need state to start stalking start. all of the congressmen and stuff. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's kind of where I'm at now. I feel like I need to make a list of all of the resources that I that I know that we need, and then where I see a gap and where we don't have any places if he needed to be, um, you know, placed in a, in a facility or, you know, the, the biggest thing right now that's looming over me is at 22 is when he has to stop his ABA services that he has. And that's what he goes to instead of school. So he's there Monday through Friday, eight to four. So that will, will stop. They do have a facility for adult, young adults and into, you know, older adults after that, but it's, not something that I think he can handle and is ready for. It's not like when you graduate and you go on to you know shadow or do some jobs a few hours a week or something. He's nonverbal and he's not able to do that. So right. I don't know what we would do with him. So it's the severity side of things that prohibits him from job shadowing and doing the next phase where they sit you down with a like a kind of like a job counselor type of a deal. And they try to find a placement if he's a Walmart greeter or something. Right. We can't do that even. Right. So it's, you know, we don't want him just sitting around at our house every day, all day. Right. We still need to work. And I, I don't know how to entertain him, quote unquote, um, yeah. you know, when he's 30. So that's the miss. That's what I'm trying to figure out right now. Yeah, man. I wish I wish I had. I know. <laughs> I know. Like, we'll just uh, drop him off here. <laughs> yeah, do our best. We'll oh my some gosh! Kettlebells. I know, right? <laughs> gosh. Um, so you said you've tried all kinds of therapies. Mm-hmm. Um, was there some that you that worked better? You recommend, or that some that were maybe not as valuable? Yeah, I mean, of course, the typical like PT and OT, those are always helpful because he was um, extremely physical therapy. mm -hmm, I'm sorry, yes, occupational therapy and physical therapy. He was extremely hypotonic when he was born, so he was kind of like a little rag doll. He had no muscle tone at all anywhere in his body, Um, so he struggled with everything. He didn't walk until he was almost three. He never crawled. Um, He was in a little boppy seat like a little bouncy seat thing um till he was like two and a half because he just couldn't sit up on his own so i mean you're literally taking a baby who has no muscle formation and building that over time when most kids are already you know walking at 18 months and doing all these things so he did those programs for years and then he aged out of those um and then we had to get some private therapists to come in the one thing that just never connected to him um, is speech. And we just heard over the years, like, well, his body's working so hard to, to walk and to be able to yeah. pick up things. And he can only do so much. And that was good for a while. And then we're like, okay, well, he can walk down. He can pick up things. And so why are we still not getting any sounds or speech or whatever? So that was disappointing. Um, we tried hippotherapy where he rides a horse. Oh, wow. Um, something about the movement and... Um, 
and just to help his mobility there, and that didn't really do a ton. We we bought a hyperbaric oxygen chamber. Really? I used to crawl in that with him for two years. We'd zip ourselves in that and sit in there, and you know, the, the hard part, and I t- again talk about it in the book, is so many of these therapies sound great, and I was always on board as long as it didn't harm him in any way. Yeah. I refused to do anything that was painful or hurt him. So, you know, when the testimonials of other parents are like, oh my gosh, we did like the hyperbaric oxygen chamber for, you know, eight months or nine months and my child said his first word and I'm like, as a parent, you're like, okay, where where do I sign? Where do I buy one? What do I do? Um, And after two years, nothing changed really with him. We've gone back and forth with gluten-free diets and, um, you know, just all of that stuff and nothing has clicked. So (laughs) we're just... I know there's something out there that, again, I, I mean... How does he a, respond to music? He loves music. Yeah. Loves music. Um, I mean, that we always have... When he's in my husband's car, it's Grateful Dead all the time. Nice. And he loves it. Yeah. I do too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then um, in my car, it's the 80s, 90s, like hip-hop, old-school stuff. He loves it. And we make up, you know, we sing about Hudoba and we sing about whatever to the, to the beat. Yeah. And he laughs and loves that. Have you tried music therapy? Yeah, we tried that once. I think the problem is because he doesn't sit and he just, he's always moving. Just constant constant movement. movement. That, you know, when we tried that and the girl was phenomenal and she had a guitar and she was like trying to engage him. But we were like in a conference room kind of a setup. It was just like a big table. And we tell them, you know, don't have things out because he'll swipe them off the table or whatever. So it's a bare bones room, but he's still fascinated by the chairs or the whatever. And, he just runs around and, you know, doesn't really focus on them. So, you know, that's the, I think that's the hard part is he doesn't connect. Yeah. So. Yeah. Wow. That's great. Um, yep. It's a challenge. I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, I can't, I can't even, I can't even imagine that's, um, what, what kind of challenge that is. We're just hopeful. Always. You know, we never give up. We're just going to keep trying. We actually have a girl coming up um, this weekend from Tennessee that has a... She's going to teach us this whole new program that... Um, I don't know if she developed it or if she's just one of the, you know, founding members or the forward thinkers on it. Um, there's nothing around here, so she's going to come up for the weekend okay. and spend the entire weekend with us, working with Skylar and working with us. Um, mm-hmm. It's called... I'm going to probably get this wrong. It's either Spell to Talk or Spell to Speak. And um, eventually, she will teach him to point to letters of the alphabet to spell out. Because I think the one thing that we do agree on is that a lot of these kids, I can't say everyone, but that Skylar is very intelligent. He knows exactly what we're asking of him. He just has no way to communicate to us what he needs, what he he wants. He knows exactly what you're saying. Yes, and enough to be, you know, a little tyrant too. Like if we're like, you know, he might be banging on the wall and... It's six o'clock and he wants to go to bed. And we say, you know, it's too early. You can't go to bed. So he'll look at us and then he'll bang harder or he'll hit the TV or something like hoping that we say, all right, you go to bed. You go to your room because you're naughty. That's what he wants. He's very smart. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's just they don't have a way to get it out. So in her program, she's, you know, again, there's been a lot of parents that have had success. I've talked to them on the phone with similar situations like ours. Not a single word. Um, and they, this, this one mom that I, uh, called and talked to her son is exactly like Skylar in so many ways. Um, he still does not verbally talk, but now he spells. 
so he said he was able to say to his parents you know the reason I tug on my waistband or whatever all the time is because I'm telling you I have to go to the bathroom because he's not potty trained either okay if we could just find that out from Skylar like the reason I hit the TV is because my I'm hungry or whatever and that's just my go-to wow. so I mean that would change our lives it's like he's trapped inside of himself and that's kind of what this this boy um it was kind of neat because i when i texted the mom and um told her it asked if we could speak and she showed my text about skylar to her son that's 12 and um she said you know is there anything you want me to tell Lori or skylar about um kelly the woman who's coming to town and he spelled out for his mom and she wrote it down to tell skylar that miss kelly's gonna help him and I'm like, oh my god! I'm like, if, if I mean, I just I know he's not gonna start spelling the first weekend, and it's just I think they've been doing it like two years. Yeah. But even like nine or ten months in, they already started to see benefits, and her son was able to spell to her that some of the things he does that are naughty, quote unquote naughty, that we call naughty, um, he doesn't he doesn't want to do. His body's doing it. But he can't stop it. Like you said, it's kind of like he's trapped. Yeah. So he's like, you know, I didn't mean to punch that TV or whatever, but I, I can't control it. But now he can spell to them, like, I'm feeling anxious. And so they take him out of the room or they do something with him. And so they said his behavior has just changed dramatically because wow. he's now able to communicate how he's feeling. Man, so that, isn't that nuts? That I is mean, nuts. it's just... The prospect's got to be... Do you find yourself getting super hyped about a new therapy and yes, then it's I'm like always, a roller coaster yep. and yep. if it doesn't work you're like kind of bummed out back to square one type thing yeah and you know I talked to that mom about it and I said she goes you know Lori I, I was right there with you the very first appointment when Kelly came over you know typical of our kids my son wandered away when she was talking to him and totally doing his own thing she's like great I just wasted money time this is another thing that's not going to work and she said the entire time Kelly is so great she kept talking to her son and just did, didn't you know pay mind to the fact that he walked away she just kept talking to him and he was retaining everything she was saying yeah. he was listening to her because he proved it a few visits into it she just kept doing it and she just doesn't give up and the mom said, I mean, it's just, it was remarkable to see the transformation. Even now, he's just a different kid than when he started. Yeah. And she said, you know, it may or may not work for you. And that's kind of the mindset you have to have going into it. Yeah. And that's how we are with everything. But um, there's people like this girl out there. She doesn't have kids of her own either, this yeah. therapist. So sometimes they're just called and they just have a connection with our kids that we don't <laughs> so yeah. i'm willing to let anybody try i've already warned her i'm like he's gonna walk away she's like i'm used to it i said he might pull your hair she's like i'm used to it yeah. I, I don't care i've, I've been great. through it all so yeah that's that's wonderful i think uh, it's weird i think a lot about human human beings as like a collective organism i think you know more i think about it i feel like we're more like a hive like a beehive like um, you know, certain bees are born and that's the queen bee. And then some of them are workers and some of them are, have other roles. And I think mm -hmm. we're the same. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think we we kind of have to find that niche, though, you know. And, and when you find it, you find it, you know. Like, I wasn't meant to be a lawyer, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, but, me uh, either. <laughs> and I, I think that's so cool. You know, some people are, you know, they're just musical. You know, like Chad's just an amazing musician. Mm -hmm. um, but... That's fascinating. Is there anything that's kind of on the cusp 
uh, for treatment wise or therapies that you've kind of keeping your eye on that you're looking at or I don't think so I mean I am stoked about this spelling type of a protocol um and you know sadly she doesn't have a location here so she's going to be teaching us um probably me to um, implement a lot of the training and all of that and I'll do whatever I have to but um so I'd love to have her on my podcast too just to talk about it and a little bit more in depth obviously much more educational than I can uh, relay right now because I haven't seen it yet um but yeah I mean I'm always hearing from other families diets and supplements we just right when the quarantine started we um switched Skylar back over to like a biomedical interventionist type of setup where um just supplements and vitamins and all of that stuff try to help him his he's got horrible stomach issues and Mm. and that also is a comorbidity with a lot of these kids um is GI issues and all of that so tried the probiotics yeah oh yeah and we've done so much stuff um so kind of went that route and it's it's so far it's going pretty well he can swallow pills which is huge because yeah. a lot of kids can't so that's been helpful but no nothing that's like you know glaringly you know hitting me in the face I guess so kind of switching gears a little bit how did you write the book like the the pro, like just the what was your method did you just sit down in front of Microsoft Word and start banging <laughs> it out or did you use a certain program did you outline it first did you have any idea where you're going with it or did you just start writing what was your creative process yeah there's a pro, um, program that I was introduced to a long time ago um, called Scribner it's kind of like that I mean it just has different file folders on the side okay um, but I just I thought of the the memories that were always in my head like his his birth story and just all these things and then I would just write as I was thinking of things and each of the different folders and then eventually I would remember more details and add more details but um but yeah and then it just kind of came together and I put it in the order I thought it should go and you know lucky for me the 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 publisher and the editor um she has both jobs she didn't edit very much she said it's really really good like I mean I didn't have to move stuff around I didn't have to know do too much which yeah made me feel really good um but yeah it was a year start to finish last june is when i started writing it and then it published a couple weeks ago that's awesome yeah that's fantastic i think it wrote itself because i mean it's my life so it was really easy (laughs) and you get that on amazon yes yep it's on amazon all right and that's uh welcome to my life a personal Parenting Journey Through Autism by Lori Hellman, H-E-L-L-M-A-N. And uh, is there anything else you want to say or promote or anything? No, I just, I appreciate the opportunity. And I, um, you know, I just encourage people, if they're interested in the story and interested in the book, you don't have to have a child on the spectrum to, to get anything out of it. I've gotten so many messages already in the two weeks the book has been out. People are reading it in a day, um, which is kind of nice I guess or maybe I should have written a longer book I don't know <laughs> but but um you know I really want it more to be the people who don't have firsthand knowledge and personal experience with someone on the spectrum to read it to have a better understanding of what our life is like it's easy for all of us to just be kind of in a tunnel focus and about our day-to-day and what plagues us especially with the quarantine and yeah. how it affected you personally but Think just for a second of the families who have a special needs child who doesn't understand a schedule change and what it's like to not be able to go to your your therapy or whatever and you're stuck at home all day. Those kind of things I just don't think people think about. 
And that's all we want um, as a collective autism families society, I guess, is to just to have inclusion and for people to just just see us and understand, be a little more understanding yeah. and help us and whatever. And, you know, so you don't have to have a child on the spectrum to, to read it and to get it. Yeah, I guess. it sounds just really interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm interested. I'm gonna have to pick up a copy, and uh, I'm interested in your spirituality chapter in particular. Mm-hmm. I think that sounds really good. And if you want to meet uh, Lori and get a book and get it signed in person, um, you're having a book signing again. I'll mention at the Root in downtown New Albany, and that's a super cool space. Yeah, it's awesome. I love it there. Um, and that's on a Friday, July 24th. Yep, it's from 6 to 8 p.m. And okay. I'll have some appetizers with orange clover serving those and a little bit of wine. But yeah, you can meet the whole family. Skylar will be there and my husband and my daughter and me. Very sign nice. Books. Now, do people need to register or do you just <laughs> show up? Nope, just show up. And right. if you already pre ordered a book, just bring it with you and I'll sign it. And um, I'll have books there available for sale too. So fantastic. Well, thank you so much thank for you. Uh, sitting down with me. I really appreciate it. And uh, that's it. Namaste. Namaste. Thanks for the workout. No problem. <laughs>